Win big in 2021 with Rotoballer.com's MLB Premium Pass. Rotoballer's Premium DFS package includes 15 exclusive tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, our lineup optimizer, and so much more to help you win big. You can get access to our premium Slack channel where we chat about some of our favorite plays and strategy right up until lineups lock. For a limited time, get your MLB Premium Pass for 50% off. Use my promo code CATCHER for another 10% discount. It's a real win-win. Strike them out, throw them out. Just visit rotoballer.com slash radio. Sign up today and start rotoballing like a boss. All right, we are live. Special Trade Deadline Extravaganza, episode 16 of the Catcher's Corner. Uh, I'm your host, Eric Smolsky, joined as always by my co-host, Sammy Ackley. Sammy, how'd you survive this deadline? Uh, A lot of text messages and my wife screaming at me for being on Twitter for the last 24 hours. Yeah, nothing makes me... Stuck in the Twitterverse. Stuck in the Twitterverse. Nothing makes you feel like a like an addict, like the way that you just refresh, refresh, it's refresh, real. refresh. It's real. Um, it's, the rabbit know. hole is real. Twitter. Yeah. Um, so we got we got some special guests that are on to help us break down um, the trade deadline. A couple roto baller brethren brethren on here. Um, so we'll just have you you guys introduce yourselves, and before we dive in, just tell everybody you know what you what you cover and where they can find your work. Uh, Phil, you want to start it off? Yeah, uh, write mostly about prospects, Dynasty League type of content for Roto Baller um, and Roto Fanatic. So you can check me out there. And Twitter handle is at Phil of Sports. And we're also joined by Nick. Hi. Nick, where can we find your work? <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hey. 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 Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Nicholas Gott. I'm at not Burt Reynolds on Twitter. And I, uh, that's right. And I, uh, in addition to writing at Rotoball, I write at uh, Fangraphs, Rotographs as well. And I, I cover a wide gamut of whatever uh, sabermetric uh, rabbit hole I've I'm recently fallen into on Baseball Savant is usually what I'm writing about. Nick, I just got to say, just, 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 it looks like you're about to film like a commercial for a personal injury law firm. I'm in the middle of moving. I have not slipped and fallen. I don't need your services. <laughs> you get in a wreck. You get a check. <laughs> you get a check. Yeah, I'm actually, I, uh, we bought a house like a couple of weeks ago and we're moving in uh, like five days. So, so I you- am. Uh, this is just a corner that's currently surrounded by boxes. And now and, you're you're studying for the bar exam. I get it. Yeah, and I'm I, yeah. I'm also, of course, you know, study, studying for the bar down in my basement hole. <laughs> Worst <laughs> lawyer ever. <laughs> it's it's beautiful. Um, so we are gonna um, we're gonna do our best to get through the trades that keep on coming because I just lot. saw another one um, as we were we're going through this. So we're gonna do our best to kind of to sort through. Um, and we'll fill in any deals as they come in, uh, you know, throughout the, this podcast. I, I think that we obviously need to start with the biggest one, um, which is Max Scherzer and Trey Turner going to the Dodgers uh, for a package of Kiebert Ruiz, Josiah Gray, Gerardo Carrillo, Donovan Casey. Um, Nick, what, let's start with you. What, what do you 
Do you think this changes anything for you? I mean, Scherzer and Turner are stars. They were going to be stars wherever they go. So does this matter to you if you're if you roster Scherzer or or Turner? Are you are you happier? Uh, yeah, I'm happier just because the Dodgers are, you know, a significantly better team. So, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take the little things that come with that. But, you know, Turner, like, whatever, it's it, he gets a lineup upgrade. He's Trey Turner. He's going to be awesome in any lineup. Uh, but Scherzer, like, I'm, I'm expecting, a, you know, you hope for a wins bump considering how bad the Nationals have been and with not a great bullpen. So you hope for that. But besides that, it's, you know, it's – it's two excellent players going to what was already the best team in baseball. So yes, slight upgrade. Are you, are you worried at all about Turner's stolen bases, but either because of where he hits in the lineup or because, you know, currently Washington is 15th in the league in stolen bases as a team um, or stolen base attempts per game. And the Dodgers are 26th. Um, so do you, do you see any knock on his stolen base attempts? I think that is the one, like, one area you can, like, nitpick from, like, a fantasy concern is that, you know, what you mentioned is, like, the, the Dodgers run a lot less, um, and, and they have for a few years. But I, I – so perhaps, like, worry a little bit about that. But at the same time, when – even on teams that don't run as much, when someone is as premium as a stolen base yeah. person as Trey Turner is – I'm not worried about it as much. If it, was, if it was someone like someone more middling, you know, that had, you know, 15 stolen bases right now or, or 10, you kind of right. maybe worry about that. But Trey Turner is so elite. It's so fast. Like I just yeah. Dodgers may not run, but I think they will run when they have such an elite weapon like Turner. Right. I was going to say, how much is that a product of uh, the speed quality that they have on that roster? I mean, a lot of, like Max Muncie, Corey Seager, uh, Justin Turner, those guys aren't known for their wheels, right? Like, so how yeah, much do you want the product to run of the roster? Right. <laughs> so, I'm at, getting a guy like like uh, like Turner, um, I don't think Dave Roberts was going to kind of limit you know a huge part of his game in that way. And Sammy, I know you've been you've been holding Corey Seager for a while, and he's you know on his way back. So, where do you see Seager fitting in with Turner? How do you think they they all get on the field? So we were talking about this yesterday, right? Like, yeah. you know, they're not going to up end the defensive alignment, uh, switching people around, right? They, you know, it makes sense to put Turner at second base uh, and bring Seager back to short and leaving everyone in place, Turner at third and Muncie at first. Uh, that makes sense. Um, you know, what I'm interested interested to see is how they adjust the, the lineup um, because Seager was always hit, was batting two. Um, or earlier in the in the rota- in the lineup. So where does that now? How, where does that put him now with Turner there? Um, it may you know give him more RBI ops uh, if he's hitting you know maybe fifth. Um, you know, but we'll see. I think that's an interesting piece of this, but I don't think it diminishes. I, I think it only helps him to have a guy like Turner um, in the lineup. You know, I don't see that affecting his fantasy value at all. Yeah, I, I Nick I'm, and Phil, we're, we got much to get to you, I promise. Um, but uh, uh, Nick, do you do you think that they'll stick Seager at short uh, at short too? I know other rumors that have been floated are, are Seager moving to third, Turner moving to first. You know, Bellinger just being in the outfield. And I guess my other question is, does it matter, or do you think all those key guys are going to stay in the lineup? We're not going to really have to worry about playing time unless you're trying to roster, you know, Matt Beatty or or Billy McKinney or some, or, you know, the, the Albert Pujols DFS days are, are maybe done. 
Yeah, all those, uh, all those with a lot of Billy McKinney exposure. I, you know, <laughs> I'm really sorry about your loss. Uh, no, I, I think all the key components are going to end up getting on the field as, as much as you know, uh, whatever lineup shenanigans they pull. I do think like it's kind of like where do you? Turner can stay at short. He's a better shortstop than Seager, depending on, you know, which defensive metrics you're going to look at. Like, Turner's going to come out ahead in most of them. So you can keep Turner at short, play Seager at third. Uh, or, like, Turner has played center field. He can play center field again. Yeah. That's been floated around before. I think it comes down to I, – I think from a fantasy perspective, like, just the, uh, the best bet is that uh, – is that Chris Taylor or AJ Pollock are going to be the two people that regardless of how they shift things around, those are going to be the two guys that, that lose the most, but there's also like the dark horse of how long do you like let Cody Bellinger keep being terrible. And like, will he just, will he be an everyday player for the rest of the season, no matter if he's batting 120 or not. So if, if they, if they ease him back some, then, then like I, I think I, you know maybe Taylor gets a little more than he's losing right now, but as far as the key guys like Seager, Seager Turner, they're they're gonna they're gonna get their time no matter what. I I and and on like I think they're gonna let Bellinger try and figure it out. Like I think he would have to go even more in the tank or go on the IL yet again. But yeah, all the key guys will get their stuff. It's just uh, like. Pollock and uh, Pollock and Taylor are going to be hurt by this, which yeah. isn't like a lot of like I have I have Taylor in a number of fantasy teams. Like that's not a small small he's thing. Been, for a lot he's of been guys. great. He's been great. Yeah, Yancey's been swamped at work, so he was just curious. You know, you come to the right place, Yancey, because we're going to fill you in on on literally everything. You didn't miss much though. <laughs> just just literally every team in the majors making so, yeah, make, making I, deals. <laughs> Just to add to, to add to this point, I, I honestly think you know the injury injuries to Mookie Betts and you know uh, Seager coming off injury uh, injury and his history, you know I think it allows them to kind of be flexible in the way they adjust this this lineup and this defensive rotation. Like you can literally put Turner at short and give Seager a day off, and then uh, put him in center field, give you know somebody in the outfield a day off, maybe you know move Bellinger to first base one day. Like there's so many different ways now that they can attack and give guys rest. Um, heading into the playoffs, I think you know you're going to see a bunch of different things coming down the um, stretch. And they've always been they've always been good about that. And I yeah. think you know to to Nick's point, like even if the guys sit a day or two, you know you're still going to get the production from from those guys. Um, and and Phil, we've got some MLB ready prospects coming the coming the other way um, to the Nationals. Is there anybody of note that fantasy owners should be paying attention to? Yeah, you want to watch K. Bear Ruiz. You want to watch Josiah Gray probably for the rest of this season. See how the Nats use them. Both could be usable. Both are probably MLB ready right now. Both are having really nice seasons. Both have been good uh, players throughout their minor league careers. So um, I think it's a good return from that perspective for the Nats. If we're just talking about Scherzer, like when I first saw the trade and I thought only Scherzer was in it. Uh, but to get Scherzer and Trey both, it feels a little light. Can, can we just acknowledge? Can we just acknowledge? So, so obviously, I'm a Yankee fan, and I remember back in the day that the Yankee fan Yankees were ruining baseball with uh, creating a juggernaut of a baseball team. Where is the outcry? Where is the outcry? 
The Dodgers get away scot free by building a super team, and there's no. Yeah, but they had to trade. Where is it? Where is it? They had to. They had to trade for it at least. I think hypocrisy. the Yankees. The Yankees. In the day is they just threw money, at, threw money at people. We've grown yeah. soft in these trying times. Uh, upon them yeah. today. I think they gave um, up a couple of nice prospects in the deal. There's a debate yeah. whether Josiah Gray is the best pitching prospect in the Dodgers system. He's probably not. He's a prospect I really like. He was a shortstop, converted to a pitcher, went to a small school in the Northeast. So he's shown a lot of flexibility uh, and ability to adapt his game, I think, throughout his professional career. And he's relatively new to pitching, too, if you think of it that way. So, Phil, just you, like you said, Turner and Scherzer. Yeah. And and you see, I mean, Phil, we should expect, I mean, Josiah Gray was in the rotation for the Dodgers before the deal. We should expect him to just remain in the Nationals rotation, correct? Yeah, I think. I haven't broken down who they've who they've got, but I know they've lost, what, Strasburg <laughs> no. and Scherzer in the last day. So And, um, and Lester, who was filling yeah. up a spot, too. So well, someone's got to throw the innings, and he can do it. I mean, he's he's MLB ready now, I think. Yeah. And with, so, yeah, with Jan Gomes... With Jan Gomes going out of – he's also traded away. Is there a chance that we see Ruiz up with the Nationals at the end of this year? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, he was up with the Dodgers last year and for a couple games, I think, this year. So um, he can handle it. I think the Nats are obviously turning the page. So it's time to let him start handling the pitching staff, uh, see if he can be an everyday catcher, handle the rigors of the position. So, yeah, Absolutely. So let me ask you, is there anybody that's currently on the Nats MLB roster that gets a bump, like a Carter Kaiboom that may get more opportunities now? That yeah, he's up, he's up playing. I would yeah, be, yeah. The guy I would watch is Luis Garcia, who uh, is kind of like a post-hype breakout guy. Came up last year, didn't perform super well, but it was a weird season. He's really young, too. He's been murdering the ball in AAA. Uh, his power numbers have really spiked, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, shortstop, he could, he could be their everyday shortstop now because Turner's gone. Uh, right. So that would be the guy I'm, I'd be looking to hunt uh, off the waiver wire if he's out there. And he should play right. every day. And and for deep leagues, I do just want to mention because we talked about you know John Lester before. John Lester went uh, to St. Louis for Lane Thomas, who was interesting at times for the Cardinals. Um, you know he had some double digit home run and stolen base years in in AAA for the Cardinals. And you know what happens with Cardinals players when they leave St. Louis is they tend to do well in other organizations. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he's starting in left field soon over, you know, Gerardo Parra um, and maybe is of, of interest in, in, you know, 15 team leagues or, or deeper. Um, the Nationals continued selling off, uh, trading Kyle Schwarber to the Red Sox. Um, and Schwarber's not back yet. Um, we got a couple of weeks to go there. N Nick, where do you see him fitting in in that Red Sox lineup? Because it seems crowded right now. Yeah, it seems crazy. It's like it depends on if you believe uh, can Kyle Schwarber learn how to play first base. Uh, I, I think that's going to uh, because the outfields the outfields uh, super crowded. You know, with Verdugo is going to play and Renfro is going to play. So if if Schwarber can't play first, or you know, or you know, he's only going to be outfield or DH, then uh, Duran is uh, gone. I, I assume that's I, I assume they would send him back down instead of him just letting him play sporadically. But yeah, that's uh, it's 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 kind of crowded. Like I, I, I'm I'm curious to know whether like if if they knew in advance, like if they traded for him, like, yeah, we're pretty certain he can play first or he's just been outfield only in their mind from the get go. 
I would I mean Sammy and I have talked about this and you know I will acknowledge that I think it the the transition will be easier for Schwarber than Sammy does. I will also say to your point, we're not sure what reps Schwarber's had at, at first base before. I wouldn't be surprised if when he was with Chicago and they were thinking he wasn't going to catch because most people said he wasn't going to catch. He got some reps, but he was never going to play first because of Rizzo. Um, and then he was never really going to play first in Washington because, you know, they had Ryan Zimmerman and they signed Josh Bell. So there's a likelihood that Kyle Schwarber has been doing work at first base because he was never going to be a catcher or people didn't see him as a catcher and corner outfield first base was maybe his path. And he just has never played on a team with a first base opening. Um, so that's possible. Phil, are you kind of on board also with thinking that this might be bad news for, for Jaron Duran? Yeah, I mean, the worst news for Jaron Duran is he struck out like 40% of the time. And his... <laughs> <laughs> right. We might be having a different conversation if he hit the ground running. So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't I don't see why they would keep it with that experiment, especially after making this trade. And I think, you know, people talked about that. That was part of the reason that Duran was called up weeks before the trade deadline was to say, let's let's get a look at him and see can he do it or not. And if he maybe can't do it right now, then, you know, we'll send him back and, and see, you know, see if he – needs that extra seasoning. That's not something yeah. you want to be figuring out September 1st. You'd rather figure right. it out in the middle of July. Yeah. I'm just excited to see Schwarber scale the wall. And it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he could, you know, he could go to left and Verdugo in, in center. And, you, you know, know, he's not a tall uh, guy. He's not that tall of a guy. So, like, see, I, I would love to see the, the vertical on him when he tries to Sure. Yeah. It's, it's also, fitting I mean, that, the, that the babe's in Fenway, though. Babe Schwarber to Fenway makes sense. Yeah. And you know everybody talked about it a bunch, but the the Schwab out of to Fenway is just Schwab. I mean it's, <laughs> it's ideal. It's um, so responding to the Dodgers trade, uh, the Giants made a deal in like 15 minutes before the deadline, acquiring Chris Bryant um, for Alexander Canario and Caleb Killian. Um, so Nick, my question to you is just when Longoria is back, when Belt is back, how does this lineup shake out? A little bit. Do you think Bryant is mostly in the outfield? I mean, ideal, like, yeah. If, if, like, ideally, I think just because I, I'm, uh, it was a shame that Longori got hurt because he, I mean, he was on all my teams for one thing, so that's the yeah. first big shame. Uh, but he, he has had a fantastic year, and so it'd be a shame if he, if he's the, you know he's the one who gets hurt by this Bryant move. I would, you know, their best lineup is with Chris Bryant in the outfield. Uh, and that kind of takes a dig in to all of the uh, like kind of platoon guys that San Francisco has been running out that have been so good when they're platooning that they're still mm -hmm. kind of fantasy relevant. Yeah. Um, so that they're all going to take that ding, but yeah, like a perfect world. It, it's it's Chris Bryant in the outfield, and when Longoria comes back, he's playing third. And you know, if he's still at the level that he was beforehand, then that's uh, that's a really good rotation. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this before you got on, Nick. It, like this move is just like such a Giants move. Like yeah. the guy that you know that everybody like kind of a decrease the year before, like saw a decrease in in, in ability, and then comes out strong this is the kind of guy that they go all that they that they get and and really helps them push forward towards the playoffs 
Yeah. Yeah, it's an excellent ad. Like I, I was I was surprised. I, I didn't think I thought Brighton was gonna move. I did not think he would, you know, a lot because of the success of Longoria and they've you know, they have a lot of working parts right there in San Francisco. I didn't think they'd yep. make a splash move like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you're, you know, in, if you're in those deeper leagues, the guys that, you know, Nick is talking about, is your, your, your Austin Slaters, your Alex Dickerson's, those kind of corner, the Lamar Wade, man, Lamar I, Wade. you know, but Lamar Wade can slide to first too. I just, um, I feel like he's going to get in the lineup a little bit. His, his bat's been so good. He's but, been, yeah, yeah, Wade's been so good. I, I, and I don't. I, I hope this belt's been another like old boring guy that I've had sprinkled throughout my teams that uh, he he might take he might take a hit too. So yeah, uh, Wade's bat has just been like yeah. really like he has just been absolutely killing right-handers and yeah. not embarrassing himself versus left-handers. So yeah, uh, they have a lot of they have a lot of options there. And I think you know you're you're looking at like a, a team that's most likely going to make the playoffs or positioned well to make the playoffs still. And, you know, they'll, they'll limit Longoria's time. They'll limit belts time, trying to make sure that they can stay healthy for the playoffs. Um, Phil Alexander Canario is, is the big name, but he's, he's a ways away, right? Or is, is this a guy that was most likely rostered in most dynasty leagues? Is he somebody whose value changes at all based on this trade? Um, he's, I don't think his value really changes much. Uh, like you said, he is a, a few years off still. I think if you're a Giants fan, you're fine with moving him. He was, you know, not that he wasn't looked at as a potential future piece for the organization, but he isn't one of their big potential future pieces. Um, and Caleb Killian definitely isn't. He's more of a pop-up guy that had a really good um, – See, he's been very good this year. But, again, these are two kind of chips that you would cash in for sure for Chris Bryant. Yeah, this this is this to me is more in line with, like, what the Yankees return was or what the Yankees gave up for the, like the Joey Gallo, as opposed to what we're going to talk about later was what the, you know, Blue Jays had to give up for Barrios. And I know there are years of control and, and all of that under it, but it's, it's not a deal that you're super upset about. If you're the, yeah. the Giants, I would say Canario is probably better than any prospect that went in the Gallo trade, any secular yeah. prospect. Yeah. Sure. I mean, did you all get a sense that most of the deals were a little bit underwhelming in terms of the return that they were getting back? Like, I felt like I hadn't seen so many trades for established major league players that, you know, didn't return ML- – like, the percentage of MLB-ready talent was so low to me. I was like, wow, these guys are really getting dealt for guys that may be one or two years away. You know, I, I, that's yeah, how I, no, I don't know if you guys felt the same. I think it's I think it's just more indicative of just how the market is overall and that uh, MLB teams are a lot more willing to trade uh, than they have been in past years. But they are still like, you know, clinch fist around their their the cream of the prop crop prospects. And for getting, you know, almost everyone I think that's been traded is you're getting either two, two, three months or you're getting a year and a half. Like right. that's that's most of the trades have been made. And teams are just no longer willing to give in high, you know, high talent, you know, high ceiling talent that is, you know, it used to be like, okay, we'll get rid of them. They're far away, you know, kind of, you know, kind of like we do in fantasy. Like I'm always willing to trade minor leaguers far away, but, but now it's like with these impact prospects, they're like, no, we're not going to give them up for a a half a year of someone excellent. Like it's just, it's it's becoming the industry standard. Like I, I I was trying to think of this earlier, like off the top of my head, just like when's the last time that someone really gave an impact prospect for just a true like half year rental? 
Like yeah. if that's going to get done, it's getting done in the Scherzer Turner where right. you're getting a year and a half total, right. you know, out of yeah. them. And if it's not getting done in that trade, like I, I don't see where it's getting done. Yeah. I also think, I also think part of it is also, you know, coming out of the pandemic, I think, you know, cash strap teams are trying to get, uh, you know, these, these contracts off their books and, you know, they yeah. want to take, um, you know, prospects that may be a little bit farther away just to clear the balance sheet in that way. Yeah. A little yard sale, get these contracts yeah. off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I wonder, and I how, wonder how also 22 impacts the thought process yeah. too. Yeah. The, you're talking about potential strikes and all that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask you, Phil, I mean, do you think also, I mean, we didn't have a minor league season last year. So is it possible also that, you know, even though, a lot of the people reacting to these trades are super plugged in and they've gotten live looks this year and that, you know, they saw guys last year. Is it possible just that, you know, the value, the public valuation of these prospects is just still skewed by having a year less information than we, we normally do. Yeah. I think that's a very good point. If, and as we go through the list, there's a lot of prospects that got traded that are having good statistical seasons this year. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll keep going through that list. Uh, the Cubs, uh, you know, continued trading off guys. In addition to dealing Chris Bryant, they dealt Craig Kimbrell to the White Sox. They also dealt Ryan Tapera to the White Sox, but that was in different deals. Um, and the the get the return for Craig Kimbrell was Nick Madrigal and Cody Herr. Um, and everybody seems to think it was a great get for the Cubs. Phil, I, I know the scouting report on Madrigal. But is this really the type of impact prospect that people are saying this is a, a great return for for Craig Kimbrell? Or do you think that he's going to be a fine major leaguer, but not maybe anything special? Yeah, um, I think Madrigal, you're looking at a player who's going to be in the bigs for like a decade at least. Uh, he'll have the occasional all-star type season. Um, but uh, more likely than not, he's sort of going to be solid defense at second base and a guy that hits in the bottom third of your batting order, I would think. Yeah. Um, and I, I've kind of been the same thing. And, you know, Sammy, you're a Nico Horner lover, appreciator. Um, I do feel like there's some, you know, some overlapping skill sets. Yeah. In there, Horny, really. Horny for Horner. He is. <laughs> That could that could be the name of this. Episode. I think I think I think Eric <laughs> might be overstating my affection for Nico Horner. Well, um, Nico I got a, yeah. I got I got a question for you guys. Who closes? Who gets the majority of ops? Because we were having this conversation with uh, a bunch of a bunch of friends, um, you know, friends. But um, who who gets the primary ops? Like, is it going to be? I'm of the idea that you know Hendricks has been there since the start of the season. He's their closer. He's not going to get unsee. He has. He's been amazing, but it's also Craig Krimbrell. Who Who do you guys think gets the lion's share of ops there? I'm putting uh, you on the spot, baby. Let's go. Come I on. think that Tony Larusa's head is probably going to explode, like <laughs> like trying to decide between this aged veteran who is awesome that used to be a that just came in and the veteran that's already established like both C, you know, both closers, capital C, like he's lying awake right now. Well, he's passed out from wine, but he was lying (laughs) awake at some point. Just who am I going to pick? Like, it's really going to tear him up. Like I, I honestly, I, I don't know. (laughs) Like this is, this was like you, you favor the incumbent guy. Right. I, I guess. Um, I mean, Hendricks has been there for a couple of years now and has been excellent 
for a couple of years. Like if you just, if you trade for Kimbrell and say, uh, sorry, mate, uh, I'm, I'm afraid you're now our setup guy. Like, I don't think that's probably a good move. Like that seems, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like that would be odd, but at yeah, the I, same yeah. time, why do you trade for Craig Kimbrell? Who's having a, a Fantastic ter- terrific year yeah. and then not let him close. Right. I, I, so, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be so, so weird. There you go. It kind of remi- yeah, it kind of reminded me of the Yankees getting Britain and Chapman together. Yeah, and, like, yeah. And I, yeah. Yeah, and I do think they've, you know, Larusa has come out and said, I guess, because obviously this is a question everybody's asking him today, that, you know, he likes the increased flexibility it gives him, that there were times where they were holding um, Hendricks for the save situation, and in a tie game, they didn't, you know, have anybody to go to. Um so I, I really do think that it's going to be the fantasy manager's nightmare of a, you know, a little bit of a split situation yeah. is depending on, you know, who threw the, who feels freshest, who's looked the best. They're going to maybe, you know, get to hold that guy for the ninth and throw the other guy in the seventh or the eighth. Um, and, you know, they're both going to get saves for the remainder of the year, but neither one of them is going to be quote unquote, the closer. Um, I just can't see a situation where, you tell one of those two guys you are not going to get save opportunities um, either because of, you know, standing and, you know, their clubhouse relationship and their talent, but also just because of their talent on the field. Right. It's, it almost is a little bit of a coin flip of who would you rather have pitching the ninth inning? They're both so good. If you're a Hendricks and Kimbrell owner sucks to be you today. Sorry. Yeah, that's the only thing we can agree on. Like, yeah. it's bo- both of those fantasy owners. Are, you had are two great. closers, now you have <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, now yeah, now it's a rough situation. Um, the Cubs triumvirate um, being dealt away also included Javi Baez, um, who was traded along with Trevor Williams to the Mets. Um, so, Sammy, let's start with you. Is it Baez to second? Lindor to short, Jeff McNeil to third, and and so long, JD Davis. What are we What are we doing here? So it's definitely Javi at short for the time being until Lindor comes back from injury. Sure. So, yes. that, so it's definitely easier right now. Um, I think once Lindor comes back, it's definitely going to. You can't you can't take Javi out of the infield. He's just too good defensively to take him out of the infield. And I think he's flexible enough. To play second base, definitely. I think you sign Lindor as your starting shortstop. He's going to be your shortstop, and I think you put Javi at second base. That infield, middle infield tandem is not going to change. You know, the odd man out here is going to be McNeil um, and JD Davis. Like, what do you do with those? Dom Smith in left, Nimmo in center, Conforto in right. It's that third third base spot. Both guys, Davis and McNeil, know how to play. Have played it so. It's going to be interesting to see there. Yeah, and, and it's, it's great for a platoon situation because McNeil's lefty and JD Davis is righty, so it kind of works out. Is that, that what, Nick? Is is that what we get? I mean, it seems like it would work on on paper to just kind of platoon them right left. Yeah, I mean, I mean that 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 works on paper. Like I, I mean, I, I think that's what they have to do. But uh, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to give up? I mean. Are you give, not giving up on Jeff McNeil, but like, yeah. are, are we really that down That's, on him already yeah. after, you know, just, you know, s- some rough, like I, I yeah. still think McNeil's a really good hitter. So, and so, yeah, that's like the easiest, like, okay, we'll just, we, we have a platoon right here, but uh, I don't know. I think, I, I think JD, 
uh, J.D. Davis is probably in the long run of this right. deal is, is the guy that gets uh, hurt the most. Yeah, and we're not we're not even talking about like they may not take McNeil out of the lineup and platoon uh, Dom Smith and JD Davis uh, yeah. in the outfield because Dom isn't the greatest of outfielders, and that would make they're sitting him against lefties anyway. So, yeah, it's it's entirely possible. Um, it's it's an interesting situation. You know, I, the Mets also have to start hitting. I mean, guys like Conforto, you know, uh, Conforto's been slumping. Another one you're not really going to take out of the lineup, but it would yeah. be nice for him to wake up. You know, Jonathan VR had some good moments for them, but I think he's better in that bench utility role anyway. Um, I will say, I think that, you know, I wasn't big on the inclusion of, of Trevor Williams. I thought they needed more uh, in terms of starting pitching. Um, but I do think that his ability to be a, a bulk reliever as well um, adds some value there. I think we're starting to see Taewon Walker uh, maybe – overexert himself um you know i covered this in one of the articles before he hasn't thrown this many innings since 2017 he's kind of starting to unravel a little bit the the fastball isn't there um they got rich hill who we also saw after the sticky stuff has his performance has gone up and down he maybe isn't you know you can't bank on him for six seven innings so between the three of them, we might be looking at like, you know, some some starter follower guys situations where we're able to kind of make, you know, put the transformers together to make a solid starting pitcher um, and just hope that DeGrom is back and healthy and Carrasco is back and healthy and they can get something out of Thor at some point in time. Um, Thank and, the know, Lord for Ty Lord. He's so good. Ty Lord McGill. So good. Um. The la- I, I called it a triumvirate, and I apologize to Anthony Rizzo because it's very obviously four stud Cubs. Um, Anthony Rizzo being the last one um, who was traded to the Yankees for Kevin Alcantara uh, and Alexander Vizcaino. Phil, we're going to start with you. Um, I know they're a long ways away. Alcantara is – he's one of the guys you can dream on the upside, right? Yeah, Alcantara is the big get here for the Cubs. So um, he's a lanky – outfielder with good kind of projection to add muscle as he gets older. He's only 19. He's been playing in the complex league in Florida. So he's stateside now Um, for fantasy owners. He's a power speed guy that you really want to watch. Um, He's taken a lot of walks this year, so that's encouraging. And he's also hit for some more power this year. Um, So that's encouraging as well. So seems like it seems like a solid get for the Cubs. Yeah. For fantasy players, he's like, you know, 2025 you'll be thinking about them but geez. yeah there's a i think they're and they're both a little bit of a ways away right i mean Vizcaino's not as far but a couple yeah, of I years Vizcaino is a bit of an older arm he's had some arm issues this year so i don't know how much you're gonna see from him this year he was on the sixth day il i don't think he's only pitched a handful of innings this season so you might not see or hear much from him this year yeah. um, you might have to wait till kind of see where he's at till next year yeah um it's an interesting potentially underwhelming return that that sammy was talking about um i guess the big question here nick is this kind of ends luke voigt at first base um and they don't really have a place to put him at dh because you can't really put stanton anywhere else i mean they'll they'll try i'm sure but is this is this the end of luke voigt and should he really have been also dealt today yeah, I, I'm really surprised that he was not dealt. Uh, you know, there was lots of, you know, people are talking to the Yankees about Luke Voigt. 
uh, rumors, but then then nothing came to fruition. So, yeah, like you said, there's not a, a lot of a lot of places for him if you you know you're gonna play Anthony Rizzo at first base every day. And you, like you said, you know, Giancarlo Stanton is still made of glass and you don't necessarily want to put him out in the outfield. So they are, they're, they're kind of stuck there. Like his, you know, except for giving Rizzo the occasional odd day off and I guess Voight rotating in occasionally at DH for Stanton. Mm -hmm. So part-time player so I, that that totally tanks his his fantasy value but i uh i kind of assumed he was getting dealt today so uh very very surprised that he wasn't yeah, yeah. i mean I, and, I i i immediately thought that you know stanton's gonna sit at some point like he has to but he's striking out what over 40 percent of the time at this point and you know void just makes sense due to the injuries this year it kind of makes sense to rotate him in and out of that dh spot and, you know, your point that votes, Voight's injury-prone, Stanton's injury-prone, Rizzo has the back issues. So it might all work itself out. Who knows? Yeah. And, and we'll – Sammy, we'll come to you for your take on on this in a second. But we got to get to the other big accusation the Yankees made, which was trading for Joey Gallo, um, who is not a free agent at the end of this year. So they get a year and a half um, of Joey Gallo. They got four prospects back from the Yankees. They got uh, right-handed pitcher Glenn Otto. Um, and then a series of uh, infielders, Trevor Hover, Josh Smith, and Ezekiel Duran. Uh, Phil, Glenn Otto's numbers have, have been pretty good this year. Is he somebody people should pay attention to? Or is, am I the just going to be the downer who says every Yankees prospect gets pumped up and then they're like Jesus Montero and they turn into nothing and <laughs> we forget about them? You wouldn't be wrong, Eric. <laughs> I think Otto is uh, – I was talking to somebody uh, about him earlier today. He's really a two-pitch guy. So uh, if you're holding out hopes that he's going to be a fantasy-relevant starting pitcher for you this year or next, um, I, I wouldn't take that bet. There's a very good chance he just winds up in the bullpen. Uh, he has had a great year, though. Yeah, and, and all these other – I mean, he could be a bullpen arm, and they obviously – you know, they got rid of Kennedy and Joey Rodriguez, and there might be a chance to – you know, to give him a shot and see what he can do this year. Um, he is, I, re- I remember he's, oh yeah, he's 25. That's it. 25. So, I mean, w- you're not, you don't really need to give him more seasoning. You may as well see what he can give you as a, as a major league reliever. Um, any of these other guys of interest or are they all names we should know years down the road? Yeah, so Yankees traded out from depth this year, and these are all depth guys that have had really good statistical seasons. Um, I think Josh Smith is probably my favorite player of the bunch because he's shown this year he can handle shortstop. Um, so uh, he's also had a great hitting year. He did kind of hit a wall when he got promoted, so it's something to keep your eye on. Um, but these are all guys that are probably two, three, two, three years away for for fantasy potential. Josh Smith being the one I would keep my eye on the most. Yeah. And then the Gallo side of it, Nick, I assume is just, you know, better for him, right? I mean, better lineup, better ballpark. Um, so if you're a Gallo owner, you're, you're probably pretty stoked right now. It's so much better. Like it's like <laughs> everything may go terribly wrong, but if you're going to pick somewhere for Joey Gallo to go, it's to the Yankees, right? Like yeah. it, it's, it's the stadium built for, Joey Gallo home runs, right? Uh, you know, looking at it, baseball savants X home runs, like it, Gallo is twenty five now. 
you know, if every if he played every game at Yankee Stadium, he'd have 29. That's the highest out of any any ballpark. Uh, right. It's got the short left field like it's built for Joey Gallo. Right. And so not only is it built for him, but, uh, you know, I think everyone's noticed by now. And they noticed last year that the new Texas Stadium is not the old Texas Stadium. Right. Yeah. As far as like o- offense goes. So he's going from a downgraded park to the best park that he can play in, like on paper. Right. So, and he'll hit in the same spot in the order. He's got better, you know, the Yankees offense has been down, but he's got significantly better players around him now. And he's like, he's, you know, going to hit a million home runs. He's not going to, like, like I said, everything can terribly go wrong, but, if you were drawing this up, like that's where you would put him as far as like, I want the most fantasy upgrade I can get for Joey Gallo. I, I think I'd pick the Yankees. Yeah. Now, Sammy, before we end this, um, just as your as your Yankee reaction, it looks like the Yankees released their lineup for today and it does feature Stanton in the outfield. Um, what? It is the first time. Danger. It is Are the you first kidding time. Me? <laughs> it is the first time Stanton has played the outfield in 657 days. Jesus. Um, and so their 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 alignment is Stanton in left, Judge in center, and Gallo in right. Uh, oh Rizzo and the Jets are going to run into each other in both. Rizzo is at Rizzo is at first. Uh, Lemayhu is is sitting. Um, he's day to day with a little with a little injury right now. So Sammy. Um, we don't know. This is one game. But as a Yankee fan, your reaction to that alignment in the outfield is what? Uh, concerned that the world's <laughs> coming to an end because Stan's actually playing the field. Um, but, no, I mean, getting back to the to the moves here, I'm actually m- more excited about the Rizzo uh, trade uh, because I, I did see something about, you know, Rizzo's currently sitting at 14 home runs. You know, tracking all of his home runs, if you put him in Yankee Stadium, he'd be at 23. So um, I'm excited because he, br- I think he brings a different kind of approach at the plate. I think, you know, Gallo is the same three outcome, you know, you know, hitter that they've had up and down this lineup. I think Grizzo gives them somebody that can put bat to ball. Uh, I know he's diminished from what he used to be in his prime, but it's still someone who's competent in the box, gives them someone who can put bat to ball and really kind of battle. Uh, and I think something that they desperately needed in terms of uh, adding some versatility in that lineup and the way they attack pitchers. Um, yeah. I don't, you know, if you look at the metrics, the statistics, you know, it says that the Yankees don't have a problem with pitching because they're they're pretty good there. Um, even though I don't like the rotation, uh, but the issues have been offensively, and you know, the fact that it took Brian Cashman almost three quarters of a season uh, to realize he needed left-handed bats in Yankee Stadium is a little concerning. So. And since you brought up the the rotation, the last Yankee deal was was trading for Andrew Heaney. Um, Nick, he's kind of tantalized people for a while because if you look at his stuff, plus plus metrics or his ERA estimators, they're all like he should be better. Um, should he be better, or are we just like we we've seen this dance? I'm not getting into Andrew Heaney in Yankee Stadium. Uh, yeah, like he is. He has alluring stuff. Like he's he's always had nasty stuff, and he's always gotten uh, uh, injured a lot. Like uh, you know, for since 2018 when he pitched it like an actual full year, like he's always hurt. So I mean, sure, like the the Yankees could use an injury prone uh, starting pitcher, I guess. Um, 
No, I like as long as long as he's healthy, I I think we kind of know what he is. He's been a little unlucky this year. Uh, you know his ERA, you know his ERA is over God five now, but his FIPS, his FIPS four oh five, his XFIP and Sierra are both under four. Like we know you're gonna get like a a, a 27 percent K rate and an ERA around four. And on the Yankees, like if all these trades equal more offense. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we'll get some more wins. So yeah, in a vacuum, it's, it's a good trade as, as long as he stays healthy, which is what you can say for the rest of the Yankees rotation. Right. And Sammy and I talked about this on one of the first episodes, but the Yankees don't necessarily have like a San Francisco giants esque track record of taking older pitchers and turning them into, you know, the, and re you know, reinventing them in a way. I'm not, personally confident that the Yankees can take a talented but flawed pitcher and make and make good on that talent um but again I'm I'm biased so maybe I'm not looking at it with you know the rose-colored glasses that Yankee fans do or Heaney or Heaney fans do I'm just gonna say that Andrew Heaney is the kind of player that causes us a lot of agita yeah fantasy for fantasy experts and insiders like we 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 talk about FIP and Sierra and all this all this stuff but He's always been underwhelming statistically. And like, well, you guys told me to pick him up. He had all these, these underlying metrics, but he still can't pitch well. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure a move to the AL East will fix that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it always works. Put him in Yankee Stadium and in Camden Yards. Why not? Right. Um, and before we move to the next uh, AL East trade, I will just say uh Haim Bloom was uh, I just had a press conference and said um, when they asked him about Schwarber at first, he said, This is something I wouldn't bet against. Um, and then I'm just reading on Twitter from uh, Jessica Camarado, who uh, covers the Nationals um, for MLB.com. She said that Schwarber has gone through defensive drills at first base at different times during the season. Ah, um, okay. So even though he hasn't been playing first in games for the Nationals, it seems like he has been working out at first base. And remember that the Yankees started – or sorry, the Yankees. The Red Sox started Franchi Cordero at first base this year yeah. after he played – six games at first base in triple a um so very clearly if they'll do that with franchi cordero they'll do that with kyle schwarber so i i I think it's interesting and i think you know for those of you you know looking at schwarber as like a keepable asset i mean if all of a sudden he gets first base outfield eligibility and fantasy it makes him you know even more impactful he's going to play every day he's going to be in the lineup for them he he will be for sure yeah um, the the last big AL East move was Jose Barrios to the Blue Jays, which we talked about a little bit before. Uh, Phil, we're going to start with you. The the package return to the Twins was Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson, who are two of the top five prospects um, for the Blue Jays. So, should Twins fans be happy? Are these guys we're going to see this year, next year? What's what's your expectation for these guys that were coming over? Yeah, I think that you should be. This is the biggest prospect haul that any uh, traded uh, player at the deadline brought back. So I think they should be definitely happy. Um, I said earlier, wow, the Twins got another Royce Lewis. So uh, Austin Martin reminds me a lot of of Royce Lewis. Same kind of strengths, same kind of weaknesses. He's strengths, position, versatility, weaknesses. Maybe he's not an everyday shortstop. Uh, gets on base, but maybe doesn't hit for a lot of power and doesn't have enough speed to be super impactful for us fantasy players. Um, uh, Simeon Woods Richardson's 20. He's spent the season at double A. He's, he's pitched pretty well at double A. I know his ERA is over five, but the peripheral stats are better than that. Um, 
So I would almost be more hyped about him than Barton at this point if I'm a Twins fan. But the Twins have a lot of pitching prospects coming up. They've added a bunch. Uh, I don't know if you'll get SWR in the, you know, looking at a rotation spot next spring, but um, you might get Joe Ryan that they got from the Rays in that situation. Yeah. Is it out of the question um, to expect Austin Martin in Minnesota next year? I mean, this is his first – he was a, a draft pick, obviously, in the year where we didn't have a minor league system, uh, drafted fifth overall. This year in his minor league debut, he's at double-A. Um, he's played all year at double-A, so there's a not out non-zero chance. Maybe he gets some triple-A exposure at the end of this year. So is he a guy who we could be looking at as like a starts the year in triple-A next year and then is maybe a big, a big promotion? Yeah, he, I would put him like a mid-2022 guy, uh, but he's also the type of player that if they feel like they're in a playoff spot and they need help, they could call him up and he can play a few different positions. He can play second, third, short. He can play, he's played split time between short and center field at AA this year. So um, very versatile. So that's the kind of guy that could get called up quicker, I guess. Yeah, Are we the, not the- concerned for Jose Barrios' safety in the AL East? <laughs> Like seriously, those often like I'm like, how did he get those prospects back? And yet, Dodgers got Scherzer and Turner for two top prospects. How is that possible? Somebody explain it to me. Uh, yeah, Nick, are you concerned about Barrios in in uh, Toronto? Yeah, I am. Uh, I mean, I I I think as far as you know, separating fantasy from real life, like real life, yeah, I think it's it's a great move for Toronto. Um, they needed someone at the top, you know, a, a rotation stabilizer. And uh, that's, you know, they needed to make like a counterpunch to all these other top teams making ads. From a fantasy perspective, he's going to take a big hit. Uh, for one, he's going to the AL East meat grinder. Uh, that's going to like, that's going to raise your ratios. Like, it's just, that's how it is. I don't care how good you are, except unless you're Jacob DeGrom, of course, you probably have like a one. <laughs> ERA, but everyone else, like there, there's, there's going to be a ratio premium that's going to get slapped on. And uh, as far as like, you know, Barrios's K rate has that went up a couple points last year, stuck around this year. It's around 26%. That's great. Uh, But he is leaving the AL central home of, you know, the tigers and the Royals and the Indians. And like, that is a big, change that can't be like understated of a couple months of facing AL central versus a couple months of facing the AL East, like from worst to the best. So yeah, I, I think that's, uh, I think that's going to a big hit for his fantasy owners. And, and also like, I don't like, I'm assuming like, are we assuming that Ross Stripling goes to the bullpen? Cause someone has to go like, it's either him, Matt's or Alex Manoa. So, because you know, right now they have six. So, I mean, Manoa uh, would make sense. Manoa would make sense too, because you know, if you want to try and limit his innings somewhat, yeah, you know, you know it would make sense Listen, to keep him in that role. Don't put that out there. I spent so much <laughs> no, time on him in so many in so many places. I can't lose We're exploring, Eric. Yeah, I yeah. I would say my to not just because I have a vested interest on my teams. I I think Matt's makes the most sense, all, yeah. only because also. You know, the Blue Jays have Robbie Ray and Hyunjin Ryu in the rotation, so they don't need another lefty arm. And I do think that Matt's is not as talented um, a pitcher 
right now based on the way he's throwing. Um, right. He's Alan, had, and he's had durability concerns too over right. his career. So moving into the bullpen might make sense too. Yeah. Um, and I will just say before we move on, I, I know that it's going to hurt his fantasy value. I do think Jose Barrios is a, is a notoriously underrated um, pitcher. I think that, you know, he's unfortunately stinged with the stigma of best pitching prospect in baseball uh, when he was coming up through the minors and everybody expected some, you know, just like set the world on fire type of performance. He's a consistent mid three ZRA pitcher who will throw tons yeah. of innings and get decent strikeout rates, nothing otherworldly. But, you know, he has been kind of like a rock solid, stable fantasy arm for a long time. And I think as we're seeing this year, you need those guys because right. it's chaos outside of that. Um, yeah. You know, I would still be, I would still be disappointed if I was, uh, a, fa- a Barrios fantasy owner, but I'm not. Ta- I'm not trading him. I'm not taking him out of my lineup. I'm going to put him in there and see what happens, and you know, hope that you know he gets some more favorable matchups as as we go through. Yeah. Um, this one I just want to talk to to Phil about because you know it's uh, Adam Frazier went to the Padres earlier at the beginning of the of the deadline. Um, you know, we've already seen that Frazier's in the in the lineup. Um, you know, moving. Cronenworth to first base. This is knocking Hosmer down a little bit, and Hosmer wasn't doing great to begin with. You know, Frazier at the top of the Padres lineup uh, is great value. I think he, you know, he gets on base. He's um, going to score a lot of runs there. Um, but there's an interesting prospect coming back to the Pirates, and I might butcher this name, but I think it's uh, Tucupita Marcano, um, and he is an older prospect, meaning he is in the in the high minors. Phil, is this a guy we think plays in Pittsburgh this year? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think he was, I always thought of him as a glove first guy, sort of utility player that can handle a few different defensive positions. Um, makes a lot of contact, not a lot of hard contact. Um, sort of like Adam Frazier. Uh, so, uh, but uh, what's interesting, if you look at his stats at AAA, he actually started hitting the ball harder. Um, and like with my barrel estimator, he was in double digits uh, for an estimated barrel rate in his time in AAA this year. And that's kind of come out of nowhere. It's something we haven't seen in his career before. So that's something I would be monitoring because if he adds power to everything else he can do with his playing time, uh, he could be interesting in, in a deeper league. I do also love, you know, just looking at this. I mean, he's got 27 walks on the year at AAA and 25 strikeouts. Um, and I just think anytime you have a young player who's shown that type of understanding of the strike zone, and then as you're saying is maybe adding – um, a little bit of power. He has like an eight eleven OPS. Uh, that you know could be the sign of of a jump, of a little bit of um, some growth. The the other guy who's been taking reps but was just recalled again is uh, Rodolfo Castro. Um, he's currently up there right now. Phil, is is this somebody that we should be rostering or we should be going out to get? I mean, you know, he's only hitting two oh eight right now in the majors, but he's hit five home runs in ten games. Uh. I don't know. I he wouldn't be top of my waiver list. I don't think right now. He, he's not anybody I would throw a, a bunch of fab at at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Um, so keep an eye on on Tukupita and see when he when he gets promoted and see what the the numbers continue to look like on AAA. Um, we're gonna talk about uh, some NL East teams right now. Start with the Miami Marlins. The big deal from um, not today from yesterday was Starling Marte uh, being moved to the Athletics. For Jesus Lazardo, uh, Nick, this seems like a pretty phenomenal destination for Marte. No, yeah, yeah, like that's it, it's it's a great spot for uh, Marte. Like we're going to, you know, we kind of we kind of know what Starling's going to give you at this point, and 
he's just he's going to go to a better team. So expect the, you know, he's still gonna, you know, power production, uh, stolen bases that he's always going to give you. It's gonna be there. You're gonna get batting average. I, I think the batting average might come down a little bit in the second half, but it's it's it'll still be high. And the runs in RBI are you would assume going to go up, going to a much better team in Oakland than in Miami. So, yeah, net net big gain for uh, Marte. I also like the move for Lazardo too, going to Miami. I think, you know, he's going to be there with a bunch of young pitchers. I think the Mons have done a great job developing their young staff. I think he can definitely um, get help there. Um, and I think this is, this is a perfect trade, I think for both teams, um, and, and helps both teams. I think it's one of those rare trades where each team gets what they need. Yep. Yeah. yeah I, I think, oh, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. I, I think it is a good spot for Lazardo to go. I, I, I just, I can't believe Oakland. I, I guess their opinion is very low of him. Right, because this is not an Oakland move to give up someone right. who, yeah, he had a bad year and was only he's only been okay in the majors. Right, but he's one of, he's been one of their top pitching prospects for a while, and right. he's a left hander, and he it, and you're, you're getting yeah yeah control lots of control still left, right. and you're getting two and a half months of Starling Marte. Right. Like either Oakland really, really, really believes that they have a shot to win this year and Starling Marte is who will put them over the top, which I just don't know how they can be that confident given they play in a division with the Astros and the Dodgers are sitting across the league from them. Uh, So either they really believe in that or they are just really down on Lizardo. And I guess they're down on Lizardo. So – that's surprising. Like it makes me feel a lot. Like I think Miami's a great spot for him, all the reasons you mentioned. Like I think that's a good place for young pitchers to develop. Like they've right. shown it recently, so that's good for him. But man, it really, man, it just makes me wonder. Like what? Like Oakland is way down on him. Like should right. I be more down on him? Yeah, Ch- uh, Chipborn who uh, chopped dropped in and said uh, Derek Jeter A plus. Um, yep. You know, Derek Jeter, Kimming, yeah. Kimming, I think, was also heavily involved in making that deal. So Derek Jeter is going to get an A plus forever um, for forever. trading Stanton to the Yankees and yeah. you know saddling yeah. them with <laughs> the one of the worst contracts yeah. in history. So will, A plus for the for Derek Jeter forever. <laughs> I will say uh, the thing that interests me the most because Sammy and I have talked about it um, repeatedly on this podcast uh, last year. Uh, Jesus Lazardo's second most thrown pitch was his changeup, um, and it had better expected metrics than it had actual performance. He kind of stopped throwing the changeup this year, um, and his problem has been kind of getting that pitch to go with the fastball and the and the curveball. And if we know anything about the Miami Marlins, it's that they developed the hell out of a changeup because yeah. almost everybody in that rotation has a phenomenal changeup. And if they're able to get Lazardo to get the most out of that changeup, I think you you start to see him make you know make yep. use of some of that potential he has. Yep. Um, and I will in, also say – In I think, the bullpen. <laughs> you think so, Phil? You think he's know. bullpen that guy? Be, that could be the downside. <laughs> they do have yeah. all this pitching. Right. Maybe he yeah. lines up as yeah. a lefty weapon out of the bullpen. It's. I mean, it's. Listen, it's certainly within the realm of possibility. I, mean, uh, I think he's still, you know, I think he's still young enough. I'm. I'm hopeful that they give him a shot. Um, yeah. I think they will, but I'm hopeful he can make. He can make the most of it. Phil, now that you mention that, like he would probably like. I'm thinking about him as a closer. Like he would be like. And then you don't have to worry be, about the changeup part. Right. He'd be <laughs> legit. Now that I think about it, that's a. 
Yo, Phil, you're just putting them out there, kid. I love it. It's it is funny how the changeup just kind of dropped off because there was a time where it looked yeah. like it was like his best secondary. Yeah. I think yeah. when he was in the minors, I always thought of him as having a couple shapes of the breaking ball that I really liked. Um, so I, I, hurt. he was hurt too, right? So that's true. Yeah. I will say I also think an, an underrated aspect of this deal. I do re, I do like the deal from Mark Kanha too. I think moving to second and hitting behind Starling Marte yeah. um, gives him some more RBI opportunities as well. Yeah, a fantasy um, stud that guy is. Huh? So yeah. yeah, he's he's so good, so underrated. Uh, he's one of the guys we talk about that like has a super boring name. Yep. So nobody like him and Robbie Grossman are just people like I don't you know Place it sounds like he's your so he's your friend for the neighborhood so you don't want to roster him. <laughs> um, I will say just because we mentioned it before, I just saw on Twitter uh, Seager has been activated oh, yep. from the D from the IL. Oh. So and we're going to see find out soon. Um, we'll find out soon. Obviously, you he's, know he's Turner is still Turner is still on the COVID IL, so we're, yep. we're not going to see it right now. Yeah, um, yeah. But we'll see sooner rather than later how mm-hmm. that playing time shakes out. Um, we're going to lump these two together because it feels like they're the same dude to me. Um, but the Marlins also traded Adam Duvall to the Braves. But then one of the after-the-deadline deals was that the Royals traded Jorge Soler to the Braves. Uh, so, Nick, can Adam Duvall and Jorge Soler exist on the same in the same room at the same time? And how, as a, as a baseball team... Do you fit both of them in the same lineup when they seem to be the same type of player? Yeah, I assume that they'll just, when they meet in the locker room, they'll just kind of suck into each other and <laughs> pop into one person. Or they're like the, <laughs> like the Spider-Man meme where they're just yeah, pointing at each other. Just pointing at each other. Right. Um, I Man, the Braves, like, they're... They picked up a lot of outfielders today. Like they they <laughs> traded for Jorge Soler and Eddie Rosario and Adam Duvall. And like I get that you need multiple people to try and replace Ronald Acuna, but uh that's getting her a little re- it's just like, yeah, they 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 remade their outfield, but to what end? Like I mean, Rosario Rosario's a rental. Um I just I mean I I think some of this is is money stuff too, but I'm like, good yeah. job, Braves. Like yeah. you got you got you got some interesting names. It would probably be a lot more interesting if like you were actually making a run for something this year and like yeah. had a realistic shot at anything. You're like, okay, we got to try and make some patches to yeah. fill in for a community so we keep our head above water and we can keep this thing going. But man these just look like futile efforts but like it's not like they gave up that much from from what i can tell so yeah like i guess good job braves like you made moves yeah and i see i mean listen i think that duvall has been an under underrated defender for a little bit um you know i see right now at least roster resources is projecting until eddie rosario is you know healthy and and back because he's still on the il that it would be Jock Peterson in left, Adam Duvall in center, and Jorge Soler in, in right. Um, now, it might not be the most you know, defensively adept outfield that you can put out there, but damn if that's not a power-hitting trio of, of guys. You're going to hit some home runs. And then you add Austin Riley, Freddie Freeman, and Ozzie Albies to the mix, and Danzy Swanson, who's coming on. And you're not replacing Acuna. I mean, I think we all understand that. You're never going to replace that type of player. But there's some pop in that lineup. They're gonna they're gonna do some damage, and then I think Rosario is a, a still a very good hitter. And then maybe yeah, when he's too. back, when he's back, you're platooning, you know, 
whoever's not hitting as well between Soler and Duvall with, you know, Rosario in a, in a left-right split. Well, I was um, going to say that they're probably going to do like, you know, because we were talking about this earlier, like Duvall goes on these amazing streaks. Uh, and Soler, I think, is on one right now. Uh, yeah. So it may be, yeah. hey, which one, like two out of the three or whoever is, you know, killing it, they're in the lineup. And then when right. somebody falls off, you kind of you know you know mix and match uh, in that way. Yeah, I think it makes I sense for the Braves. They just need a bridge, really, because they've got Acuna coming back, uh, Drew Waters, Christian Pache. Yeah, um, they've got Harris, uh, new prospect that should be up. So they've got a lot of young outfielders mm-hmm. that could probably be up next year to contribute. So this guy just throwing a bunch of veterans at the problem right now and bridge it and see if you right. can do something in the playoffs kind of makes a lot of sense. Yeah, not yeah, expecting it, so much so many resources on that one one side. Mm-hmm. It it does, and Phil, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It does make me a little bit worried about Drew Waters because you know he got 25 games in in AAA in 2019, and then he had the whole 2020. He started this year in, in AAA. It feels like this would have been the perfect opportunity to call him up to play center field if they felt like he was ready. Um, and I guess I'm wondering if, you know, with two years of AAA experience under his belt, should he have, I know he's only 22, but yeah. should he have been ready by now? By all accounts, the org loves the kid. So um, I really think it might just be a pragmatic thing where they said, we don't need to call him up now. We can get mm-hmm. another year of him. We can, you know, tape together some veterans in this weird outfield and, and see if, they all get like Sammy said. If they all get hot at the same time, maybe we run somewhere in the playoffs. And I think Riley is like the king of the heaters yeah. on that team. So I think it's also a pressure thing. You're bringing a kid up into a situation yeah, where the too. team is viable, right? And yeah. he's expected to kind of fill the shoes of Acuna because he's injured. So you kind of put him in a tough Fair. spot there. That yeah. if he fails, yeah. you're, kind of, you're putting a lot of pressure on this kid. Pache was up earlier this year, and it, it just right. didn't, and, yeah. didn't work for him, and it still isn't working at AAA now. So yeah. yeah. Um, the, the other part of this deal that might be of interest, Phil, is um, Alex Jackson is a, a Braves catcher who was sent to um, Miami. And I know Miami has, you know, Jorge Alfaro, but he has been eh, this year, not really great. Um, is Alex Jackson somebody we could see up this year? Is he a name that fantasy owners should keep in mind? I always keep Alec Jackson's name in mind because somebody yelled at me about three years ago for not having him as like a top 10 catcher on the catcher's list. So <laughs> like vehemently yelled at me on Twitter about this. Um, so he's bounced around. He's a guy that I think has had rumored to uh, have some character concerns. So he's, he's bounced to a couple different orgs. Uh, but yeah, maybe, maybe it gets up in place. He, he does have his periods of time where he's able to hit at least. I don't know how well he is, is defensively. Um, yeah. But yeah, the Marlins might get a crack at him and see if they've got something there. Yep. Not playing for yep. anything. Phil, just give, been me up. Favorite, give, give me the guy's name who came at you at Twitter. You know, oh, I, I I'm, I'm a Twitter boy or something. I laugh when <laughs> Chip, Chip probably remembers this. Chip, uh, it, may have, it may have been Chip. This was, this was three or four years ago. It was, you know. <laughs> Why are you yelling at me about Alex Jackson? I'm coming. Man? I'm coming for yeah. you, Chips. I'm coming. There's for always a hill to die on. There's always somebody who you know they've got somebody they really they really love. Um, you know, listen, Alex Jackson's been up. Uh, he had a cup of coffee in 2019, 2020. This year, um, has 11 home runs this year at AAA, hitting 287. So maybe. I mean, listen, the you know the Marlins were throwing out Sandy Leone and Chad Wallach for the longest time. So why not try this guy and, and see what comes of it? 
Um, the, uh, the another ALE, oh, sorry, NLE's trade. The Phillies got Kyle Gibson and Ian Kennedy. Um, so you know, we'll go through this a little quickly. There's there is a prospect question for Phil at the end, but but Nick is is Kennedy the closer in Philly? I mean, everybody thought he was going to lose his job. Did he gain it with a better team? Man, I. I guess it's like I think this is one of those situations. Like Philly's bullpen was already just an absolute muck, and you know Ranger. You know I. You know I, I'm. I've been. I, I've had Ranger Suarez on a couple of teams for a while, so I. Uh, I didn't love this move. So yeah. <laughs> I. Neither, I, mean, Nick, I, I think neither. right now it's those. Two, it's. I mean, I guess in you know as how much weight do you give to the income? You know a closer capital c he's done it before like okay uh i think it's still going to be matchup based i i i think the biggest takeaway unless unless they come out and give you know kennedy the first the the first couple opportunities uh i think this just kind of for fantasy purposes just turns the whole phillies uh bullpen into a no-go zone right yeah and, and am I alone in thinking, you know, Kyle Gibson was a great story at the beginning of the year and he's a fine pitcher, but the first the first half was a little bit of a mirage and and I'm not really running out to not really running out to, to get him on the Phillies right now. He's also no. going from a great pitcher's park to a, a hitter's or more yeah. of a hitter's park. Right. So. Like, the dream is over. Like <laughs> everyone, the, the Kyle Gibson dream is over. Please don't, please don't. If the what what is this? Sixteen earned runs in his past three starts didn't yeah. teach you enough of a lesson. Being traded to uh, Citizens uh, Park should really hammer that point home for you. That uh, don't don't. It's gonna be terrifying. Don't let friends run Kyle Gibson out. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's terrifying. Tough. But but good for the good for the Rangers. You know they they didn't maybe get a lot for Joey yeah. Gallo, but I I like them turning uh, Gibson and Ian Kennedy into Spencer Howard, who yeah. goes uh, who's going from the Phillies to the Rangers. Um, Phil Spencer Howard was kind of like long, you know, one of these like breakout arms, and he was used as a multi inning reliever for the Phillies. Do, do you think we see him reach his potential in Texas? I don't know. Man. This is the weirdest trade i don't know if chip isn't <laughs> hanging out in the chat anymore but he'll tell you hans kraus that went back back to the a prospect that went to the phillies in this deal might be the best pitching prospect in the deal so it makes like no sense uh spencer howard they had to he was working multi-innings because he's not been able to hold his velocity more yeah, than a couple of right. innings so they didn't have faith that if they stretched him out as a starter this year that it was gonna work so um, I mean, obviously, he's going to have to figure that bit out if he's going to be a starting pitcher. Maybe it's something the Rangers can can tease out in him. Um, the stuff was always there, so it's just a, I think it's just a matter of him building up to where he can do it consistently for five or six innings. Yeah, I, I dream on the stuff, so I'm I'm hopeful um, that they can they can stuff. get something out of him. Yeah, and I think correct me if I'm wrong, Phil, but Krause is is pretty much going to be a bullpen arm, right? I think they've made that transition to to the fact that that's his future, or, or am I incorrect there? No, I think he can start. I think he's been starting at double-A. Uh, he had surgeries, come back. He's not throwing as hard as he was pre-surgery. He's got a kind of weird kind of crossfire delivery type of guy. Real intense type A, the kind of guy that you want to be your starting pitcher personality. Uh, tax hitters. Uh, and the slider's really good, so... 
I'm actually going back to the uh, Kennedy acquisition, the Kennedy part of this. You know, I'm actually happy. You know, if you're a Ranger Suarez owner, at least, you know, he's going to be somewhat viable for some ops there. You know, it's better than what the alternative was if they would have gotten, you know, a Kibrel or, um, or somebody or, or Rich Rodriguez, right? Like they would have landed somebody like that. The opportunity for, uh, for saves would have been nil, you know? So, you know, if they got somebody, you kind of wanted somebody like Ian Kennedy who could potentially ex- implode. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a better situation than the alternative is what I'm going to say. Yeah. They should have yeah, got Kimbrel. They should have got Kimbrel, especially with the mess that team had with their bullpen last I mean, year. You think they would have? I, I you know, I'm not thought, dealing with this again. I definitely so. thought that they were going to go and get Kimbrel from what I was yeah. reading. I thought, you know, the things that Girardi was talking about, them being a postseason team, you know, I kind of thought that's where they were going. The fact that they got Kennedy, initially I was, damn, that sucks for Ranger Suarez. But then I was like, you know what? You know, maybe yeah. not so much. Yeah, and you're three and a half out, and the Mets are fine, but it's not like the Mets are an unbeatable juggernaut. I mean, I think, you know, three and a half out, you'd you'd assume there was a little more, you know, impetus to go for it. Um, just a note that um, Freddie Galvis is, is going back to the Phillies. He was traded from the Orioles. Um, I don't think there's anything actionable there. I think he's probably, you know, uh, a utility middle infielder behind, you know, DD and, and Gene Segura and Alec Bohm and, and stuff like that. Yeah. But if you are holding him in deep leagues and, you know, I think that maybe he's not an everyday starter anymore, which might hurt his value. Um, a middle infielder who saw, saw an improvement in value um, is Cesar Hernandez, who was traded from the Indians to the White Sox. Uh, Nick, he's been kind of a, a pretty big source of power this year, surprisingly. Yep. Uh, this is a pretty phenomenal landing spot for him, no? Yeah, it, it's great. Uh, he, you know, he's, uh, I've been, I've been, uh, he, he makes it, I do a weekly points article for uh, Rotoballer and he's, I, I make a lot of, I've made a lot of jokes about at people's expense for not picking Cesar, Cesar Hernandez up because he's just been this like, low budget quiet compiler that you right. know uh, top of the lineup was going to play every day so you already have that of just like compiling through sheer, sheer plate appearances but his approach has dramatically changed like he's obviously went to he's trying to hit for power more he's got a career high fly ball rate by a lot a career low ground ball rate. His launch angle is a career high, but it was close in 2018, but it's like double that it was last year. He's already set a career high in home runs by a couple with a couple right. months to go. So, uh, you know, the average hasn't been there as much, but whatever, like you'll take he has, he has 18, <laughs> I think he has 18 home runs. And now he goes to hit at the top of the order of a much better lineup in a much better ballpark so yeah uh you you gotta you gotta love this move for hernandez in every facet nick are you you the type that you know throws those subtle digs at people is that what you're doing there oh no <laughs> i i start with subtle but then eventually i get up to you're just a uh, full bash like yeah, it, it with the shovel yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes sometimes that's what it, what it requires did um, I of, ramping things up did he adopt like a joey Votto approach this year just like you know what you know I'll, I'm, I'm gonna just you know keep whacking at it he's like I, I don't I I've I've looked and I've I can't see any, I can't find anything. He's like I definitely I'm I've turned into Cesar Hernandez home run hitter, 
but like the numbers don't lie. It's like you mentioned with Votto. Like I was talking about that last year with Votto. Like, hey, everybody, in just case you're wondering, like Joey Votto is pulling the ball at, you know, 20 yeah. points higher than he ever has before and hitting way more fly balls. Yep. And, like something is going on and yeah. it didn't stop this year. And it's like Hernandez, for whatever reason, uh, he's he's it's like the mini mini launch angle re- revolution. And, uh, you know, not no longer. I said he's he's already had value just from being a you know I love compilers right. uh, like plate appearance compilers give them to me right. but but just the the power surge that isn't slowing down by the way like he's hit some lulls this season but it's not like he hit all of his home runs in May yeah. or whatever right. like this has been a consistent new part of his game that I don't expect it to change in the next two months. Better park yeah, for I, power now. Yeah, going, much too. better. Yeah, yeah much sure. better. Especially in the set that park in the second half of the season too. Mm-hmm. It's all those central pitchers. Like yeah, yeah. and the lineup too is actually pretty. Yep, yep. I've been. Yeah, just, I've I don't, been. Very, do you think he's going to hit at the top of the lineup? I like. I assume. I, I assume so. I you know I I mean, uh, granted, all the people they've been running out. Uh, he is. I will say just to jump in, he's hitting second. They announced nice. the lineup for tonight. Oh, yeah. He's hitting second behind Tim Anderson and ahead of Jose Abreu. So I think you, that's you can't get mad at spot. that. That's like, actually I, a great I, spot. Yeah, I, I think that's where he fits. I think if you're putting him down at sixth or seventh, which would be the only real other landing spot, I yeah. think you're doing a disservice to what his game overall, but especially to what his game is right now. Yeah. I've been I've been confused about what the Indians are doing. I mean, you know, getting rid of Eddie Rosario for They're just trading pa- for Pablo Sandoval, but like <laughs> yeah. also paying some of the salary I didn't get. This is uh, this was a little bit of a weird deal, but then they also traded for Miles Straw. Miles Straw. Yeah. Um who I guess is their center fielder now. Mm-hmm. Um you know, because they're they're currently uh let's see, tonight they're start well they have Zimmer in center. So you know Bradley Zimmer. So, Phil, is there another guy that is like looming on the horizon that would would take center field, or is Miles Straw, you know, gonna be that guy for the Indians or him or, yeah. or Zimmer? Yeah, I think Straw probably gets Straw is probably like one of these guys that gets the everyday job and then steals like twenty bases down the stretch and wins you a league or something. Yeah, uh, they the John Burton of the world. Yeah, yeah, right. Villar. Uh, Indians have a lot of um, outfield talent in the high minors, real toolsy type power speed guys like a Daniel Johnson or a Will Benson that could handle center field. But I don't think they would have traded for straw if that was the route they were going to go. So, And they're yeah. going to want to save money. I mean, that talk about a team that blew its window. They were yeah. there with the Cubs, yeah. you know, looked just as strong as the Cubs did in yeah. 2016 and where yeah. they're at now, God. I know. Can, can, to me, I, doesn't Miles Straw have infield eligibility? Like, doesn't he? Yeah, play, he's. Can he play second base? He came up. Probably I believe he Yahoo. came up as a shortstop. So right. he played shortstop in the minors. So Yahoo still has him as shortstop eligibility. But yeah. he he isn't. He's an outfielder. Right. Um, he, I think he did play a couple games in the infield with Houston. Um, at one point, not this year, but just like to get him in the lineup. Um, but this year, he's been strictly in the outfield. I have a he's league where I need some deals just on stolen him. bases yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, listen, they're, they're gonna let him. They're gonna they'll let him. They're on a crappy team. They're gonna let him run. Houston does not run. Will not run. Hasn't run for years now. Uh, they're actually running a little more this year. And they, they were on a big downward slide, but this is like straw is good enough. 
for to hit at the top of right. a bad Cleveland team and just be like, yeah, Miles, run however you want. And like he's right. gonna Francona's like, gone. Yeah, Francona's gone. Like they, they have nothing but to Dad's play not for. Around. Yeah. Why not let him run? Like just go ham. Yeah, I think this was a great move for him because you know, yeah. I always kind of felt like he might have been squeezed out of the lineup mm-hmm. for the Astros down the stretch if there was an if they felt the need. Um, to kind of bolster their their lineup um, to make the playoff push. Also, um, you know, yes, he might lose some runs and RBIs going from Houston to Cleveland, but he wasn't getting you so many runs and RBIs that he was really impacting your, you know, your roto categories or your head-to-head for that. He was there for stolen bases, and now he's going to get more stolen bases. So right. that's if that's why he's on your team, this is a good bet for him. Um, the other name that I want to talk to you about, Phil, because I didn't know – who this person was until after the trade happened, but the Astros traded Miles Straw, and then they called up Jake Myers, oh, and yeah. I said, "Who is Jake Myers?" And I went to his AAA page and saw that no big deal, but Jake Myers is just a 25-year-old outfielder hitting 343 with 16 home runs and 10 stolen bases for Houston and AAA. So. Is, is this somebody that we should pay attention to? Or was this move basically to get Chaz McCormick every day at bats in the center field? I Yeah, I would watch him. And uh, one reason why is uh, Kevin Goldstein, uh, that writes for Fangraphs now, uh, but used to work for the Astros organization, had marked him as an upper-level player in the Astros org to keep an eye on this year. Yeah. So he knows personally the player. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's see if the heater at AAA, he does like a Patrick wisdom thing and brings it to the MLB with him. By the way, the Astros always have these guys and they have a yeah. lot of them again right now. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. They're like a farm. Like a 25 year old machine. Yep. Yeah. And the, and the other one that they had, which, you know, we'll talk about, uh, well, but he wasn't a deadline deal on the day, but it was obviously Abraham Toro who yeah. went to Seattle and he's another guy who's always shown flashes of, of you know, two, of plus tools, uh, but was not getting consistent playing time. Was this, you know, this year with Bregman out and wasn't really producing. But Phil, do you, you think Toro is a, a guy that now that he's probably locked into a lineup is somebody we could see a big jump from in these last couple of months? Yeah, definitely. That's, he's a guy that metrically inclined people have always liked too. So he's almost kind of like a meeting of the minds type. So uh, yeah. I'll, I'll cop to not knowing the Seattle third base situation off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, if he's if he's gonna play every day, uh, I'd probably grab him. Well, it's interesting. He's been playing second. They've oh, been second keeping second. they've been keeping Seager at third, and they've shifted um, Toro to second in these first couple of games. And who knows? I I thought they might be, they might deal Seager or you know make some move at the deadline that would clean that, that would clear that up a little bit. Um, they didn't. So it might be Toro, uh, Dylan Moore probably has to work his way in there at some point yeah. in time. Um, but, you know, this could be a situation where Toro winds up at second base and third base eligibility, and he's in the lineup, you know, every day, six of seven, five of seven. Um, and I'm intrigued by by that skill set. I didn't hold long enough. You, did, you didn't. But now you can go pick up Jake Myers um, or Chaz McCormick, who I think is another guy yeah, who, you know, he looks like an accountant on all of his photos. Uh, uh, his photo is so funny. Um, so so, <laughs> yeah, but but he's but he's produced. Um, you know, he's he's been good for um, he's been good for Houston this year. Um, so 
who knows? I think that that he could, you know, be get those runs and RBIs that Straw was getting hitting at the bottom of the lineup. Um, another deadline deal, which I wasn't sure how it was going to play out, but it was Eduardo Escobar going to the Brewers. Um, and then I just see right now that Eduardo Escobar is playing third and hitting fourth for the Brewers in his first game with the Brewers. Um, and so, and it's against a right-handed pitcher. It's against Tuki Toussaint. So, Nick, is is this good news for Eduardo Escobar? And is this much worse news than we maybe anticipated for Luis Urias, who finds himself on the bench in this game right now? Yeah, I, I think Urias takes takes a big hit. Uh, you know, he's been having a, a pretty good season, but you know, not like he's he's going to be the one that. I think from a fantasy perspective really gets uh, takes the biggest hit here. Escobar, it's an upgrade, you know, it's, it's an upgrade of going from a really bad team to an okay team. Like that's, uh, you know, I, he's had an excellent year. I think he's going to keep having an excellent year and he goes to a better park on a better team. So expect a slight, you know, a slight bump in counting stats and maybe a little on the power too. Cause you know, since Arizona got uh, dehumidified, it hasn't been as big of a hitter's paradise and Milwaukee still is. So yeah. yeah uh, Arias, Arias takes a hit and Escobar slight bump. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree with everything there. The last hitter trade, which I just wanted to point out as a cautionary tale, um, the Padres also got Drake, uh, Jake Marisnik, and they got Jake Marisnik and traded the Cubs Anderson Espinosa. Uh, the only reason I want to bring that up is because Anderson Espinosa in 2016 was traded from the Red Sox to the Padres for Drew Pomerantz, and everybody said the Red Sox drastically overpaid. Espinosa was a top 20 prospect in all of baseball. This was a horrible trade, and – Unfortunately, the way it played out was that Anderson Espinosa has has had Tommy John twice. He hasn't um, gotten into the majors at any point in time. Um, I know he's on the comeback trail, and I, I hope for him as a, as a player that it works out because you know he was he did have a really bright future at one point. But it is just that tale of like when you're looking at these trades right now and you're saying, "Oh my God, how did they trade you know X high A pitcher for this player?" it's going to come back and bite us in the ass is it, it doesn't always, we never know what's going to happen. Calling the Red Sox PR department, please contact at <laughs> Samsky NYC. You might've found your PR guy. Yeah. I listen. can't believe an 18 year old pitcher like didn't work out exactly. I know it's crazy. It never happened. That he might. Never. Like, it never oh, happened. Man. He was so good at 18 though. <laughs> <laughs> we man, all were great at He was 18. so good. We were all so good. Oh, he was nasty. He was going to be forever nasty. <laughs> I can't believe it didn't work out. It's weird. Um, we're going to do some quick, some quick hitters here. Um, Cause we, obviously there are a lot of deals. Uh, so we're only going to talk about deals. things that might be fantasy relevant. Um, Richard Rodriguez was traded to the Braves. Nick, is this a situation where he could be the right-handed compliment to Will Smith like some people, like myself, thought that maybe Chris Martin would be coming into the season? Yeah, that's like that's. I think that's what it's going to be. Um, maybe, I mean, maybe you say it's not a, du- a direct right, right-left and maybe Will Smith gets, uh, you know, is the lead guy by a little bit, mm-hmm. but – yeah, you you have to expect this isn't going to be just a uh, you know Rodriguez moves to straight setup and Will Smith remains the all the time closer. Like there, there's going to be some overlap, which of course means 
uh, drop in value for both of them, fantasy wise. Right. And but you're still holding Rodriguez if you are a Rodriguez owner, correct? Yeah, for for now, like for for the next couple of weeks to really uh, with a lot of these reliever situations, like I, I don't want to jump the gun on making assumptions about usage and whatnot. I mean, Will Smith has been just a setup guy before too, and he is he's the lefty of the group, so maybe. Right. Maybe it goes the other way, and Rodriguez. And, you know, if if Will Smith hits some bumps here, and Rodriguez is lights out, then maybe that's the switch, and it moves yeah. Smith more to a setup. So uh, I I hold for a little bit, but if if after a week or two it looks like okay, like Rodriguez used to get me a couple of saves a week, now it's like one you know one or two every week or two. It's right. uh it, you know I, I I don't think he has a rest of his total value is quite enough to keep holding right. him if you need a roster spot. Um, and on the, cl- on the, the closer um, Palooza episode that we did, all of those guys did say that, you know, David Bednar was their uh, closer of choice in Pittsburgh. Um, so if he's still available in your league, who knows how many saves you're going to get. Um, but you know, the guys who cover the bullpen seem to think that he's the guy. Um, he's the one I picked up. Yep. Sammy's Sammy's prayers were not answered because Yimmy right. Garcia got traded, uh, and he got traded to the Astros. Uh, I want to bring up two points here. One is a lot of people said that Anthony Bender um, is kind of the favorite for saves. He Dylan Floro has been much better of late, um, and so I would be curious to to just put all of the eggs in the um, in the Anthony Bender basket. Uh, since, you know, the sticky stuff cracked down, he's become less effective and, you know, we're not entirely sure that the two are related. Um, you know, he also was an independent baseball before. So at some point in time, that journey has been a little bit up and down and maybe he was performing a little bit, you know, over his head. Um, Dylan Floro has been having a pretty good year for the Marlins and has been more, the more effective pitcher over the last couple of weeks. Um, so I would I would put some bids on Dylan Floro if I was in leagues too and just see how it shakes out over the next couple of days. But the thing I wanted to ask you, Phil, was the the return in the Yimmy Garcia deal was um, Brian De La, De, De La Cruz. Well, I don't know why my computer is not letting me click. It's so super weird right now. It's like um, the mouse. The curse of yeah, it's like it's oh that's why the, my microphone is on the control key, so it's uh, that that did it. So it's Brian De La Cruz. Um, the reason I'm asking you is he's in the starting lineup for the Marlins today. Yeah. Um, so is this a guy that we should be paying attention to in in any type of league? Yeah, I'd watch. I don't really need to grab him right now, um, but uh, he's another actually uh, Goldstein guy who talked very highly of his makeup and work ethic. And he was just kind of um, blocked in Houston because I have so many of those 24, 25-year-old outfield types. Um, so, yeah, I, it seems like the kind of club that will give him run, too, uh, with the with Mattingly and the Marlins. So, uh, I, I like it. I think yeah. I think you keep an eye on him this week. If he's hitting, maybe throw a cheaper fab bid at him if you need some outfield depth. Another guy – on that same situation who's starting in the Miami Marlins outfit is, is Brian Miller. Uh, keep an eye on him too, because he has 22 yeah. stolen bases in triple a this year. Yeah. Um, so if he's going to get everyday starts for Miami and he can run, he might be a guy that can help you in, in steals um, for these final couple months. Are we yeah. still holding Yimmy though? Are, are we, uh, 
you know, I don't believe there's going to be any op- no. opportunities, but I think we, no. we talked about this, that there could be some for maybe for him in the event that they want to give Presley some, some, some rest. Well, let's lump it together. Yeah. Nick, are you holding Yimmy or Kendall Graveman? Cause they Great. both yeah. were closing for their teams and, and went to Houston. Do you have any desire to hold either of those guys for some ancillary saves or are you cutting bait on both? No, I'm I'm cutting bait on both. I'm I'm more likely to hold Graveman. Uh, I mean, part of it is just personal bias. I really I've, I've really liked him for a while, uh, so I was pretty bummed out to see him shipped out. But I I think if uh, like Dusty Baker is gonna he's gonna go he like he's going yeah. to go with his main guy yeah. a great majority of the time. So that means the only opportunities are going to be just the random the random opportunities you can't really predict as a fantasy right. manager, and I. Like who knows that'll maybe that's matchup. I think Graveman is a better pitcher than Garcia. So if you're just going off of that, I would have Graveman as the, the backup to Presley. But I don't think either one of them is you know absent a uh, absent a Presley injury. I, I don't think either one of them are going to be fantasy viable. Bye bye guy. Bye bye. Um, and filling Graveman's spot was Diego Castillo, who was traded from Tampa to Seattle. Um, they have said that he's the closer. Um, but they've also all year long said that their closer doesn't always pitch the ninth inning. He pitches high leverage, highest leverage innings like Kendall God, Graveman I, did. I hate um, that so much. To, to me personally, and you guys can tell me if, if I'm reading this differently, to me this doesn't change my valuation of Diego Castillo because he was getting – he wasn't getting 100% of the saves for Tampa anyway. They were doing, you know, Fairbanks or, you know, um, any other guys. So if he's going to be highest leverage innings for Seattle, he's going to get saves. He's going to pitch. Um, he might not get 100% of the saves, but actually I feel better about this spot for Castillo for the rest of the season than I do if he remained in Tampa, especially with Nick Anderson coming back and adding one more arm to the end of the game. Um and Nick, we're going to ask you the droppable question again. Paul Sewell, um, droppable? I mean, we know that the Mariners split at the end of game. So are you holding him for ratios and saves? Would you rather him or a guy like Yimmy or Kendall Graveman? Uh, no, I'm not draping Seawald. I, I really, once again, I have a lot of bias here. I really, really like him. I, uh, I wrote uh, my one of my most recent pieces at Fangrass was about. Uh, the the non-closing relievers that you can trust for like their overall fantasy value is good enough that they're worth a spot even if you don't think they're going to get saves and Seawald was was one of those guys like when you strike out 43% of batters you face and have a two ERA and get consistent innings like saves be damned like that's 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 a lot of fantasy value and you know you, you know even with his very limited saves like whether you're using the fan graphs calculator or rasball values like seawald has a ton of overall value like if you're pitching consistently and you have a 43 percent strikeout rate like the value is going to come so right. uh like my the roller coaster of emotions i've had for all of my seawall chairs because i have them everywhere and it was like oh he graveman got traded he's like oh my guy graveman's gone but now come on closing baby and then that and then those damn rays they're always they're always sticking their finger in my eye and they (laughs) trade castillo over there and so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like my valuation of F Castillo doesn't change. If anything, it's a little higher just because I think the closing job 
is more on on a more solid footing. But I Seawald is good enough that he's going to get occasional saves. He's going to be in high leverage situations for occasional wins. A pile of a pile of strikeouts, good ratios, and you know what I like. You know, if I'm going to have a non closing reliever, I need consistent usage, right. and that's what yeah. Seawald has. So that's just like not very many K. You know, K's don't come in bunches, but it's a consistent consistent string he's going to give you. So I'm definitely holding him. Yeah, I would say names to consider in Tampa. Obviously, Nick Anderson, who's coming back um, in a couple of weeks, and then I think in the uh, uh, Pete Fairbanks is on the IL. So in the immediate, if you need, if you're desperate, um, Andrew Kitteridge, I think, is in the mix for saves. And then I would also keep Matt Whistler um, in mind, who they got from the Giants early in the year. He's been really good for them in pitching some high leverage innings and has better strikeout stuff, which I covered in my Rotoballer article for today. So you should go to Rotoballer and, and check plum. that out. Shameless um, we'll go through these next two quickly. Brad Hand was traded to Toronto. Um, Sammy, you think this is a, a split, a little left-right split with Jordan Romano? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, I don't like – obviously. <laughs> yeah. I, we don't say that. Uh, obviously, I, you know, he, he's been pretty terrible of late. Um, but, you know, and moving to the AL East, as we've mentioned, the grinder of the AL East uh, doesn't help. But um, – I don't know how this is going to play out, to be honest. I know they like Jordan Romano. Um, it does seem like a compliment situation, but you know, maybe it changes scenery for Hand. I, I don't know. He's got more of a history in that role um, than Romano does, so we'll see how we'll see how it plays out. But I'm not really sure. I, th- I feel like we've been talking about this Toronto closer situation since February. All in that group year. thread of the Roman Baller Twitter DMs. People just lighting yeah. their fab on fire with <laughs> all the Toronto closers. Yeah, it's it's rough. And I, you know, I did say uh in the in the article also, I mean, Han's peripheral stats are are bad. Um yeah, and I think terrible. He's and he's bad. been get, he's been saved because he's been getting saves in Washington. Yeah. But um, if he's going to split a job and not be the full time guy, um, I don't. I don't know that I want anything to do with yeah. this. The whole situation is is a little gross to me. Um, Daniel Hudson was traded to the Padres, and the only reason I want to bring that up is because it leaves openings in Washington. Uh, Kyle Finnegan got the save in the doubleheader. He's been pretty good um, of of late for Washington. Um, I know in Greg Jewett's. Uh, Coffee and closers. Um, he mentioned that Finnegan has been scoreless in his in nine of his last ten appearances with a one seventy five ERA uh, and a ten to two strikeout to walk ratio. Uh, so Finnegan is somebody to keep in mind. And then Phil, I wanted to ask you about Mason Thompson, who went to Washington in the Daniel Hudson deal and was closing for the Padres Triple A team. Is he somebody who could emerge as a closing option in Washington? Yeah, usually if I'm looking for a closer, I look for the right kind of fastball first. So, and he's like yep. a 98 mile an hour turbo sinker kind of guy. So, uh, I think he could close. Um, and maybe the Nats do throw him a few bones uh, to see what they've got towards the tail end of this year. I think they just yeah. just kind of converted to closing this year. They got nothing to lose. Yeah, they got nothing to lose. Might as well yeah. just you know treat it as like spring training at this point. Why not? 
he's pitched three innings in major leagues this year, so he'll probably come up and is a guy to keep in mind. So just keep that name in, in the back burner. Um, Joaquin Soria was traded to the Blue Jays, um, which means as of right now, Noe Ramirez, probably the closer for Arizona. Not sure how many saves you're going to get, but Soria was getting some. And then obviously keep in mind um, J.B. Bukowskis, who was the, you know, the big prospect name, has struggled, but he might get a shot at the end of the year. Um the Reds Clipper acquired the a bunch of one. Didn't Clipper get one last yeah, night? He yeah. did. They were they've been going back and forth. Um, so we'll I mean, yeah, that's another name. If you're I mean, if you're desperate, I've done the Tyler Clippard experiment before. Um, yeah, you don't you want really yeah, need it. You don't want any of these players. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> it's just to, um, just to be clear here. And yeah. you know Sori is gonna end up with the most saves on the blue Jays by the don't, time this year. So don't far. come yeah. at us. Don't come at us. Um, another name to mention, the Reds traded for uh, Luis Sessa, uh, Justin Wilson, and Michael Givens. Givens did pitch the eighth um, in his first appearance with the Reds um, and looked really good. So just a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, the Reds obviously mix and match like crazy. So who really knows what's going to happen there? Um, but it's possible that uh, he emerges. Uh, Hansel Robles got traded to the Red Sox. He's not going to close. Um, but, you know, and gross. Be good. Oh, or because, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought it was interesting. The Red Sox um, got Austin Davis, who was a left-handed reliever for the Pirates, yeah. for Michael Chavez. Uh, so they actually got somebody to take on Chavez, who I don't necessarily think is yeah, is really a an MLB uh, player. I just think he's yeah. got too much swing and miss in this game. Um, but then again, someday. you know. Austin Davis has been great in or good in AAA and nothing in the MLB right now. So I love, the, I love the fact that you wrote in the rundown Hansel Robles to Red Sox. Ooh, Ew. why? Why? Yeah, I mean, listen, as a Red Sox fan, I was expecting for something a little different than Hansel I mean, Robles, but but let's when he, I mean, he has shown flashes. So if he's your sixth or seventh inning guy, yeah. tell me whatever. you hate it's a another trade arm by not back. telling me you hate a trade. Um, and then the last reliever trade was Andrew Chafin to the Athletics. Um, you know, I think he maybe joins the end of that bullpen where we expected them to get a big time closer. Um, they didn't. So I think it's still Lou Trevino and um, Jake Diekman and probably now Chafin, who is thrown in the mix. Um, I don't necessarily think you you run out and grab him. I did want to end with just a question um, for for Greg, uh, for about Greg, about player named Greg for Phil. Um, so Phil, um, Greg I think it's pronounced Diekman. Diekman yeah. got traded uh, to the Cubs. He's been a pretty decent power source for uh, the A's. The Cubs obviously are totally barren now. Um, is this a dude who who gets called up at some point? Yeah, I think they'll probably use him, and I think he could hit some taters. So if you're in the need for some power and you see him get called up and put in the starting lineup, give it a shot, especially if the wind's blowing out there at Wrigley that day. Yeah, he was. Uh, he had 11 home runs and 19 stolen bases in in 2019 in Double A. He's hitting 300 this year. He's got seven stolen bases, so there is a little power speed um, in that game, um, yeah. and he's shown some nice. Uh, he's his walk rate has jumped from 10 percent to 19.2 percent um, in going to Triple A this year. So I think he's somebody that they're going to give a chance to. He's 26, yeah. um, so there's no reason that the Cubs don't throw him out there and and see what he can do. So he's the next um, so, Patrick Wisdom. Yeah, so that's a guy. I mean, oh if you're in deeper leagues, if you're in deeper leagues and you see him get get called up, um, you know, I would I would give that a shot. Guys, who's um, for the who's closing for the Cubs? Rowan Wick probably. 
Like I, I stashed him a couple of plays, so that's that's he's one of my other my other hopeful stashes. But I mean, I I guess like I think that's probably the best. Like that's the most obvious option if the Cubs right. have an obvious option at this point. I mean, they're probably not going to be winning many games. So no, that's yeah, that's the problem, Mike. Yeah. Who cares who's closing? You're going to have three save opportunities. Everybody walking into so, it's empty. Some people have been speculating, Phil, that that Cody Herr, who they just oh took yeah, he from, could yeah yeah the White Sox could close. Yeah, he has the stuff to be able to to take a crack at it. So he needs to go. It could be Rex Brothers' season. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. If that's I, a there's thing, another but. guy from like 2010, or you know, Dan Winkler. Yeah, he's Winkler. He's just he's keep also like so put in my, just keep giving me names. <laughs> I can put in my claims as, as For, former Rockies. Just go Winkler brothers combo. I will I had say brothers in a Stratomatic team like ten years ago. Or, you know. <laughs> I have um I have some shares of of Rowan Wicken leagues with with IL spots. So I do think if you have an IL spot to spare, um can't hurt. Um he's he has moved his rehab to AAA, so he might be back sometime soon. Good fastball curveball combo. Um, and you know, again, as Sammy pointed out, I don't know how many saves you're getting. Um, but I think this is, I think Rowan Wick has proven to be a solid major league reliever, so it's better than chasing, you know, Noe Ramirez and uh, yeah, Tyler Clippard. Yeah, yeah I mean, look at the Cubs lineup today. Like, <laughs> you're see how many wins this lineup's gonna drop, it's trot bad. out. It's bad. Yeah, you're anchored by Patrick Wisdom and Ian Happ in the middle of your order. Yeah. Oh my God! And Matt, Matt, and Matt Duffy, we did it. Yeah, <laughs> Rafael, um, Matt Duffy off. holding it down. That's rough. gentlemen. We we did it. We covered every trade that was, that was made yesterday and today. Huge trade deadline. Yeah. This is a super podcast. Hopefully, you break it up into a couple different segments. Maybe get a meal in between. Um, I just want to thank thank you guys for being here. Take one last time and just tell people um, where they can find your work, Phil. Uh, Rotoballer. Twice a week, Roto Fanatic once a week, uh, prospect articles. Uh, and then if you follow me on Twitter, I blast out random stats. So at Phil of Sports on Twitter. Nick? Yeah, so I'm Nicholas Gott. It's uh, Gott rhymes with caught if you need a little help there, not like the horrible disease gout. Uh, <laughs> she can find me. <laughs> you can find me at uh, rotoballer.com, of course, three times a week. <laughs> I'm um, fan graphs once a week and on Twitter at, at, at not Burt Reynolds and uh, where I mostly that's tweet great. about like fast and furious movies and uh, baseball things I'm annoyed with. So that's about oh, it. The, the new one was good. The new and one is good, Nick. And oh, if you flip and fall, gout and gout, they'll get the best <laughs> judgment for you that you can possibly find. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It was a pleasure. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Uh, as always, uh, download, rate, and review the podcast. Let us know uh, what we're doing, what we can improve, what you like. Uh, you can find my work on Rotoballer as well or on Twitter at SamskyNYC. Um, enjoy.